from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's Latam. See, I talk about the things other people are scared to talk about. What they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Latow from BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast. Why don't I tell you those pretty lies? I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. We're talking about A.B., Antonio Brown. One of the things that I like to do is when these situations arise, is take a couple of days, get all of my ducks in a row. Before I can give you an informed decision or an informed facts about what's happening with the cases. If you recall on some of the other podcasts we did, I said, we've done, I said that the one good thing about the Antonio Brown situation going back with the Raiders is at least there was no criminal element to it. <laughs> at least there was nothing, you know, it was on the field. It was helmets. It was it was it was burnt feet. You know, he called Mike Mayock a cracker, allegedly. But it was, at that point, it wasn't, in my mind, very serious type of stuff. Alas, I should have known better. And this is a serious matter. Uh, Anytime that you're speaking about sexual assault uh, or being accused of sexual assault, that's a very serious crime. Um, I think, you know, rape is, is, is right up there with, you know, murder and, you know, child molestation. I mean, that's, it's pretty bad. Um, my opinion has always been if someone is proven to be a rapist, uh, they should be thrown under the jail. We should never, never get out because that's a, that's a heinous crime in the hundredth, you know, degree. It makes me sick to my stomach. Someone like Brock Turner is walking free in the streets after raping someone and witnesses seeing it in, a, in an alley. And there's no excuse for rapists. You know, you can't make an excuse for someone raping someone. There's, there's good people, good men, you know, don't just rape women. And there, so there's no excuse for that. You, you can't victim blame uh, someone that's been a victim of sexual assault. Uh, it's, it's not their fault. Doesn't matter how much they had to drink. Doesn't matter how much, uh, what they were wearing. Uh, it doesn't matter if they were into it at first and then changed their mind at the point that they're changed their mind. You're supposed to, you know, step off. And like I said, any good guy, any regular guy, any guy that's not evil, any guy that has some respect for the opposite sex, you know, won't rape anybody. So there's, there's literally no excuse for rapists. You can't, mansplain that situation that's that's not fair you know that's like saying if i left the door open to my house i deserve to be robbed like you know that kind of takes away from the 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 fact that i you know the person came in and violated my space and robbed my stuff you know a a, a non-criminal wouldn't do that so 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 try to stay away from doing that now on the flip side we have to understand that an accusation 
it's very damaging on any level. So when you accuse someone of sexual assault, you want to make sure that before you jump to any conclusions, uh, that the accusation is credible, it's valid, um, there's reasons to believe the person that is making the accusation, because if for whatever reason the accusation is not true, uh, that stays with the, 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 the man, the guy, uh, pretty much for his entire life. No matter if he's innocent or not, it's still, there's always going to be some people um, that believes that person is a rapist. And 99 out of 100 times, even with a false accusation, uh, there's no punishment uh, for, for the woman. But the, the, the man doesn't get any of that time back, doesn't get his reputation back. So you have to be very careful about jumping to conclusions. Now, I always tell you guys this is that social media is not the place to discuss uh, these things. I, I truly believe that it, it's not. And I say that out of personal experience. Uh, sometimes you can have strong feelings about a situation one way or the other. But it, you can't, it, there's no nuance in, in social media. When the accusation comes out, and we've talked about this before, immediately people take sides. Immediately they take sides. And if you are on one side, excuse me, if you're on one side of the thing, then automatically that means that you're, you know, something else. So, you know, if you if you believe A, B, then, you know, you are a, uh, uh, you know, a rape apologist. If you believe uh, Miss Taylor um, and, you know, then, you know, it's like, wow, you know, black man being thrown under the bus uh, again. So it's these sides and the characters, you know, be it on Twitter, on Instagram or Facebook, you really can't get your point across. People are not going to listen to you. People are not going to have a nuanced discussion uh, about it. Uh, so you probably be, you know, best just keeping your opinions for the most part to yourself, especially if you have uh, something to to lose. Um, there was the, I don't know if you guys saw this, the city reporter, uh, journalist had some strong thoughts on the situation and it uh, didn't work out, you know, too well for him uh, with those strong thoughts. And, you know, he had to issue an apology uh, because of it, because of it. So keep your strong thoughts, like I said, especially if you, look, if you work at Wendy's, you know, maybe you can say whatever you want to say, who cares? Uh, you know, if you work in sports media, uh, you work in certain positions to where these thoughts could possibly cost you your job. Uh, you might want to keep them to yourself. Look, you know, you don't have any responsibility, you know, to to defend Antonio Brown or defend Miss Taylor. So don't lose your job over this situation, over these type of situations. Now, you're on this live because you want to know what I know. So I'm going to tell you what I know. Like, and I hope you understand, once again, this is not taking anybody's side. This is not projecting innocence or guilt on anyone. It's just giving you a broader picture of what's happening because mainstream media doesn't do that. Um, they're going to show you one side and it's a lot of times it's a slanted side. Some people have been doing a good job with it. Others, not so much. 
But I just want to give you the clearer picture of, of how all of this kind of came about and how we've gotten to this point. So the first thing that you need to know uh, is that, and what I noticed is, is within uh, Miss Taylor's lawsuit, uh, she said that, you know, she thought that her and Antonio Brown just had a professional relationship. Uh, they were more like brother and sister, and that it was uh, A.B. that pursued the personal relationship. Um, I can say pretty clearly uh, that that's not factual, okay? That's not factual. Um, it, their relationship was much more than personal trainers. Um, they're much more than brother and sister, almost from the beginning. Um, Antonio Brown has a lot of personal trainers. And she wasn't, you know, the one that, you know, was really in charge of what he was trying to accomplish on the football field. Uh, almost from the beginning, it was a personal uh, relationship. They've known each other for a pretty long time. They were having a relationship while in relationships with other people. Uh, so it, w- it would be a bit of a fallacy to say that it was all Antonio Brown and, you know, she didn't want to do anything at all. So, so that's the first thing. That's, they don't want to tell you that, because, you know, like I said, they don't want to get, you know, in trouble on social media. But we have to establish that the relationship was more of a uh, personal one than a professional one, because that's just the truth. And you need to know what the truth of the matter is. Now, I do want to address some things that, that people have said. Uh, the question, and this is what's gotten a lot of people uh, in trouble. The question about if someone has sexually assaulted you or you believe they sexually assaulted you, why would you go back and continue to work with that person, continue to interact with that person, and so on and so forth? Uh, Because as the breakdown of the lawsuit states, uh, she believes that Antonio Brown sexually assaulted her twice um, in 2017, and then he apologized, and then she went back in 2018. Antonio Brown, in an email, seems to describe or admit that he did bust on her back while she was asleep. Now, a couple of things uh, with this, just to make sure that we understand exactly what was going on. Once again, there, it was more than just brother-sister personal relationship. That's why, you know, when Antonio Brown talks about doing what he did on her back, it was in the, in the conceptually speaking, why they were in bed together. So in, in that sense, uh, while I, I'm assuming that, you know, some people can, would consider that very humiliating, um, you have to decide on your own if you would consider that is it just humiliating or because they were in a relationship and he did it on the back while she was asleep. If it's, you know, sexual assault in the, in the concept of them actually having a sexual relationship uh, together. As far as her going back, you can't really assign innocence to Antonio Brown just for that fact, only because it, it really doesn't matter when the alleged rape happened, if someone says no, then that's just a no. So if you say that, you know, she was upset about what happened before, but then she wasn't upset um, and came back into his life, but then at some point decided, you know, while it was going on that she didn't want this to happen, then that still constitutes uh, a rape. So you can't use that as a defense uh, for Antonio Brown. 
Um, you can use it as a common sense question, like why would someone do X, Y, and Z, uh, considering what had happened in the past? Uh, but even though you can debate that point of what you would have done or what you wouldn't have done, um, it really doesn't matter in the context of did the actual rape occur. Um, you know, if someone, you know, it's, it's, it's been uncomfortable with someone and then they go around someone and, and something happens that wasn't supposed to happen. Like I said, you can't excuse the action regardless of what may have happened, you know, beforehand. So that's the one thing. So you can't use that as a defense uh, for Antonio Brown. Now, there are a couple of, then let me address the other big elephant in the room. Well, she didn't, you know, go to the cops uh, first. And that's a very valid, you know, question on any of the occasions. You know, if you feel like you've been sexually assaulted or raped, you know, you should report it immediately. That's the common sense theme of, of, of anything. If something happens to you, you go, you know, report it. Somebody, you know, pops me in the head or breaks into my house, you know, you call the, you know, the police. Now, once again, it, that doesn't necessarily prove Antonio Brown's innocence in the sense that uh, there are times when women who have been sexually assaulted simply don't go uh, to the cops. Uh, they simply don't report it because of embarrassment or, or whatever. Those, those are situations where that actually happens. Now, is this that type of situation that she was just so emotionally all jacked up uh, that she was too embarrassed to go to the cops, but later on realized, hmm, well, let me try to get some money out of them. That's something for you, you know, to decide. Now, one thing, knowing all of that, like I said, we want to make sure that when you're presenting the facts, that you're not using facts of, of to, to presume innocent or guilt, which really don't matter. You know, once again, her coming back doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't do it. Her not going to the police, once again, doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't do it. Her filing a civil case instead of a criminal one doesn't necessarily mean he didn't do it. Now, you take everything maybe in total. I guess one can say that there is some reasonable doubt and there is some questionable activities uh, that you have to put you know, out there. Now, we found out that him and the young lady have been negotiating for a potential settlement for a while. Um, uh, to my understanding, she wanted high six figures, low uh, seven figures, and Antonio Brown and his representatives were balking at that. One of the reasons they were balking at it, because they don't believe necessarily that he did uh, anything wrong. And that the way that she's presenting their relationship is, is not factual. Uh, as far as the NFL, the Patriots, the Raiders... Either they're very they're not good at their job or they're just outright lying because most people, myself included, knew that this was kind of out there in the wind maybe a week or so ago. Well, before he got cut from the Raiders or not cut. Well, yeah, cut from the Raiders and and well before he got signed uh, by the Patriots. Now, maybe they just don't do the due diligence or maybe they're not paying attention to what's happening on social media. I mean, it was it wasn't just on social media of some outlets. Uh, that don't go through some of the checks and balances as other outlets had posted uh, these DM conversations of uh, Antonio Brown trying to get evidence uh, to prove his innocence. Um, these videos of Antonio Brown and Miss Taylor also were out there. Um, the videos in and of themselves 
don't prove once again they didn't do anything. I think the only thing that the videos do prove is that she's not telling the truth uh, about their relationship and the relationship that they did have. So if if you want to feel like that upsets her credibility a little bit, that's perfectly fine. I think that's valid to wonder why someone, when we have you know evidence that they had a relationship that was much more personal, would just go out of their way to say it was just kind of a one-sided type of thing when there's actual video evidence to prove to the contrary. Uh, secondly, in those DMs that Antonio Brown was talking, uh, he was not talking like a guilty man. Uh, he was talking like a man that felt like he was being set up and he needed something to kind of get himself out of it. Uh, once again, doesn't 100% prove his innocence, but you have to take all of these things in totality when you're making a decision. And just like anything in life, when something is cut and dry, then it's cut and dry. In my opinion, when something is not cut and dry, you should have a presumption of innocence. I think there should always be a presumption of innocence unless something is cut and dry. You know, that's one of the reasons why the NFL only really kind of suspends or go hard when they have video. Because then, you know, every, all of the, the assumptions are out the window. You can see exactly what happened. So in totality, what's going on here is that you have, the, here's the facts. They were in a relationship. They were with other people. She wanted Antonio Brown to invest in certain things that he chose not to. She has some debt. Um, she's getting married and the alleged rape happened a couple of weeks before her boyfriend proposed. So if she didn't get raped, she was cheating on her now fiance who she's getting married with, which of course would be some would say is incentive for her to kind of, you know, say that, Hey, he raped me. Now I can pay off all my debts. I can pay for my wedding. I can start off my life with this new guy. And, you know, not that I have any worries. So these are all kind of facts type of deals. That once again, I don't think there have been times I've gotten on here and I've straight up told you, hey, this person is lying. Uh, This is not what happened. Um, I don't have that type of evidence against anybody. Um, I do think there is enough evidence that you have to presume a presumption of innocence. Like, I believe that there is more evidence that Antonio Brown maybe didn't do this than it was for Shady McCoy not sending goons to his baby mama's house because she wouldn't leave. But with that said, unless you have a smoking gun, you shouldn't, that shouldn't dictate your inability to work. Especially when we've seen civil cases with Luke Walton and Derek Rose and other situations where they've been allowed to work Uh, Because this is basically a monetary type of thing. Um, No police officers, no cops, no district attorneys have been contacted about Antonio Brown. This is strictly a money situation. Uh, Someone wants money for their quote unquote pain and suffering. And that's what it is. You know, so it's a very slippery slope. If you start suspending people and, and taking away their ability to work over a civil case, anybody can sue anybody. So if some woman tomorrow says, hey, Tom Brady locked me in a closet or something. And I'm filing a 50 million dollar, you know, civil suit. 
Are they going to suspend Tom Brady? Think about this. Think about it. I just want you to think about this logic. Let's say Tom Brady, um, you know, they're on the road. And let's say he was in the same room as the housekeeper. Nothing actually happened. The housekeeper leaves, says, hey, Tom Brady sexually assaulted me at the Ritz when I was in his room cleaning. Now, you have no evidence one way or the other. Would you suspend Tom Brady? Would you take away his ability to work? Or would you let the process roll through? This is not like Ben Roethlisberger, who had actual charges getting ready to, you know, criminal charges that they were trying to get against him before he paid off his accusers. No criminal charges, just a money matter. Like I said, they don't really want to talk about it like this in mainstream media. You know, it's a different era. The era of being fair to athletes is not really there anymore. Uh, Specifically, Antonio Brown, we see this happen a lot, is that with Black athletes that don't necessarily walk the line. It, the media really tries to slant whatever negativity can be behind, you know, around them. And I'm not saying Antonio Brown is a choir boy. I'm not saying he did everything right in with the Raiders. But when you do stuff like that, the media is not going to help you. I mean, Julian Edelman was hit with a sexual assault accusation a while back. You didn't hear anything, you know, about that. Not a lot. You probably, this is probably the first time you ever heard about it. When I talked about Luke Walton, there are people on my timeline said, I didn't even know Luke Walton was being sued for sexual assault. That's, you know, that's the difference. Now, Antonio Brown brings all of this attention to himself. So that's a part of it. But is it, someone was like, well, Antonio Brown has been acting clownish, you know, Shouldn't all rape accusations be treated, uh, uh, treated equally? I would think so, wouldn't you? But they're not. And we know that for a fact. So in my opinion, kind of just to sum this all up, uh, there's enough evidence that you should give Antonio Brown the benefit of the doubt for now. Now, if something comes up that shows otherwise, first off, I wouldn't even the NFL and the money or the civil case to me wouldn't even be important. If something comes up where it can be proven that Antonio Brown is a rapist, he needs to be in jail. Not, you know, off the field, not a five-game suspension, not, you know, paying her off $600,000. He needs to be in jail. But until that time comes, you have to have a presumption of innocence. You know, black people in life have a hard time getting the presumption of innocence. We're always considered guilty and to prove an innocent. And sometimes we can prove the innocence and they'll still lock us up. So I say everybody just pump their brakes, stay off their high horse just for a while. Let it play out. Let all the facts kind of play out before you make a decision on how you really feel about the situation. Uh, quickly want to get to Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow went on first take, was really passionate about why athletes, uh, college athletes shouldn't get paid called him selfish and entitled, uh, said that, you know, he just wanted to play for the love of the game, for his university, because his grandfather never saw an SEC championship. That's why he played. The grandfather thing really got to me in the sense that I'm going to assume when Tim Tebow's grandfather, you know, was, was watching Florida, uh, they weren't very nice to black people. Even I don't even know if black athletes were allowed, you know, allowed to play in the SEC when his grandfather was around. 
But if they were, uh, I don't think they would probably treat it very nicely. You know, one thing about people that come from privilege is they're they kind of blind to anybody else because they've already all, always had things handed to them. And that's not to say Tim Tebow is not a hard worker. And I met Tim Tebow a few times. Seems like a, gen, uh, a genuinely nice guy, but you just it's it's you as a white person. Sometimes all we want as minorities is just for you to just take a step back and just think about how your life would be if economically, socially, the education system, the criminal justice system, all of that was against you from the time that you were born, as opposed to you having all of the advantages at the time that you were born economic advantages, social advantages. You don't have to worry about racism and prejudice and, and people following you around and the cops and all of this. other. You don't have to worry about any of that. You may do things for experience. There's opportunities for you. White people can do things that and still bounce back from them. Black people normally only have one op, one opportunity. So Tebow, like I said on Twitter, maybe I'm hoping they're just ignorant because a lot of times privileged white people are just ignorant because they only they only see things out of their lens. And the fact that they've been so privileged, they don't understand why everybody else doesn't think like them. It's crazy to call kids selfish for wanting to get paid off their own likeness, especially when they've come from nothing. And you have to also remember, like how you say, oh, well, you know, you go to college, you know, the NFL is where you get paid. Well, you know, there's 90 players on a college football team, right? Maybe each year, out of those 90 players, whatever, how many are eligible, maybe three or four get drafted in the NFL. Yeah, Alabama, Ohio State will get 10, Right. But if you're at a regular old college game, if you're at Iowa, how many players do you think from Iowa are going to be in the NFL? Tebow is very religious. He's smart about not saying certain things, you know, even though he did a PSA just for that same group that Drew Brees did. And sometimes I think religious people, they're so blinded by their own religion and their own they think, you know, their way is the only way. So they don't see anything else. I think Tebow's a nice guy. I think he would probably get a shirt off his back for some people. But in this situation, he's just thinking, why would anybody need money? You go to college for the experience, like my grandfather did. Why would anybody? He has no idea where these kids come from and how they wouldn't even be able to get to college if not for their athletic ability and how a lot of them if they don't take advantage of their education, it's just going to be kicked to the curb while they're making money, you know, for the university. You know, the fact that he was so passionate about it, that actually makes it sad because that means he has no clue what he's talking about, but he's really passionate about it. Only minorities are looked down upon for trying to maximize their financial abilities. Think about that. Think about how many times people talk about how, many, how much money NBA players make, what they spend their money on, NFL players make, what they spend their money on. 
And how many times you hear about baseball players or hockey players or soccer players or tennis players, you hear about their salaries and money and what they're buying and their cars and their houses and stuff. You never do. You never do. Nobody could. Soccer players get paid a lot of money on par with NBA players. They never, they never talk about it. Only black people, when they're trying to be financially successful or take advantage of their likeness, get talked down upon. Because once again, they never want us to get to an equal playing field. They never want us to get to an equal playing field because that scares them. That really, really scares them. The, the NCAA is like the mafia. Five conferences, five families. They never want the players to understand their power. This whole country is really jacked up about half of it because they were so frightened by President Obama and just the idea that minorities could realize their worth. You know what they did? You know what they did? They elected Donald Trump. The, the, the worst presidential candidate of all time. Worst president of all time. Because they would rather the worst presidential candidate of all time than to have equality between races. You think about that. Follow me on Twitter at BSO. Facebook, Black Sports Online. Thanks for listening to the Facebook Live. Instagram and YouTube, BSO TV. Have a very good weekend. I'm out.